Welcome to day 214 of Shaped by the Word, season two, the drama of Scripture. And of course, the drama we are um, experiencing right now is the return of uh, Israel from exile after being you know, judged by God, scattered through the nations. Uh, after God's judgment is complete, his restoration begins. He brings the people back. Uh, it's a beleaguered people, but he is using powerful kings and powerful rulers to accomplish his purposes and provide them everything you know that they need. Uh, the book we've been reading uh, has a title of Ezra. Uh, we come to chapter 7, and this is where Ezra enters our story. He's been mentioned uh, you know, briefly as one of the ones who, who, who did return, but this is a place he returns. Uh, he's no doubt the one who has you know, compiled this book, but he's telling us the story of what happened before his arrival you know, until we meet him in, in chapter 7. So as the temple has been rebuilt and the sacrifices reestablished and uh, Joshua has been installed as priest, we have Ezra, you know, coming as, as a teacher and a reminder mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, the great truths of Scripture and calling people to obedience and faithfulness to the Lord. So we come to Ezra chapter 7. Uh, before we read, we always pause and offer ourselves in the moment to the Lord, knowing it's a holy privilege to enter into conversation with the Lord through his word and in prayer to hear from him and to respond uh, to the things that we're learning and hearing so that his work may be complete in us. So, David, do you mind lifting us up? No, let's pray. And Father, we do um, we do thank you for time in your word, and we ask now that you would um, enrich us and and build us up with your word. Uh, we thank you that your word is living and, and active and is at work in the life of the believer. And so may you graciously meet us where we are. Help us to behold wonderful truths from your word as we behold your son, Christ Jesus. We pray it all in his name. Amen. Uh, Ezra chapter 7. After these things, during the reign of Artaxerxes, king of Persia, Ezra, son of Sariah, the son of Azariah, the son of Hilkiah, the son of Shalem, the son of Zadok, the son of Atub, the son of Amariah, the son of Azariah, the son of Marioth, the son of Zerahiah, the son of Uzziah, the son of Bukai, the son of Abishua, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron, the chief priest, this Ezra, came up from Babylon. He was a teacher well-versed in the law of Moses, which the Lord, the God of Israel, had given. The king had granted him everything he asked, for the hand of the Lord, was, uh, the Lord his God was on him. Some of the Israelites, including priests, Levites, musicians, gatekeepers, and temple servants, also came up to Jerusalem in the seventh year of the king of Artaxerxes. Ezra arrived in Jerusalem in the fifth month of the seventh year of the king. He had begun his journey from Babylon on the first day of the first month, and he arrived in Jerusalem on the first day of the fifth month, for the gracious hand of his God was on him. For Ezra had devoted himself to the studying and observance of the law of the Lord and to teaching its decrees and laws in Israel. There's a copy of the letter King Artaxerxes had given to Ezra the priest, a teacher of the law, a man learned in matters concerning the commands and decrees of the Lord for Israel. Artaxerxes, king of kings, to Ezra, priest, teacher of the law of God of heaven, greetings. Now I decree that any of the Israelites in my kingdom, including priests and Levites, who volunteer to go to Jerusalem with you may go. You are sent by the king with his seven advisors to inquire about Judah and Jerusalem with regard to the law of your God, which is in your hand. Moreover, you are to take with you the silver and the gold that the king and his advisors have freely given to the God of Israel, whose dwelling is in Jerusalem, together with all the silver and gold 
you may obtain from the presence of Babylon as well as the free will offerings of the people and priests for the temple of their God in Jerusalem. With this money, be sure to buy bulls, rams, and male lambs together with their grain offerings and drink offerings and sacrifice them on the altar of the temple of your God in Jerusalem. You and your fellow Israelites may then do whatever seems best with you with the rest of the silver and gold in accordance with the will of your God. Deliver to the God of Jerusalem all the articles entrusted to you for worship in the temple of your God and anything else needed for the temple of your God that you are responsible to supply, you may provide from the royal treasury. Now I, King Artaxerxes, decree that all the treasuries of the trans-Euphrates are to provide with diligence whatever Ezra the priest, the teacher of the law of God of heaven, may ask of you. Up to a hundred talents of silver, a hundred cords of wheat, a hundred baths of wine, a hundred baths of olive oil, and salt without limit. Whatever the God of heaven has prescribed, let it be done with diligence for the temple of the God of heaven. Why should his wrath fall on the realm of the king and of his sons? You are also to know that you have no authority to impose taxes, tribute, or duty on any of the priests, Levites, musicians, gatekeepers, temple servants, or other workers at the house of God. And you, Ezra, in accordance with the wisdom of your God, which you possess, appoint magistrates and judges to administer justice to all the people of the trans-Euphrates, all who know the laws of your God, and you are to teach any who do not know them. Whoever does not obey the law of your God and the law of the king must surely be punished by death, banishment, confiscation of property, or imprisonment. Praise be to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, who has put it in the king's heart to bring honor to the house of the Lord in Jerusalem in this way, and who has extended his good favor to me before the king and his advisors and all the king's powerful officials, because of the hand of the Lord my God was on me. I took courage and gathered leaders from Israel to go up with me. Again, you have the remarkable hand of uh, the kings of Persia and the restoration of, of, of the people you know, of, of Israel, uh, their incredible generosity. And then, of course, you have a man who is um, you know, God's man for this time in the nation of Israel who's devoted himself to know the law, to practice the law, and teach the law. Mm-hmm. And, and what a great order uh, to know the word of God, to live the word of God, and to uh, share uh, the word of God with the people and call them in obedience, you know, to Him. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we meet Ezra for the first time in in his book, and his name has been mentioned before, but we we start to get an idea of who he is. Mm-hmm. Well, I love in verse twenty five, the King says, "And you, Ezra, in accordance with the wisdom of your God, which you which you do possess." I mean, that was. Such a great statement that clearly Ezra had, um, the Lord had set Ezra apart. I mean, he was known for, you know, his his wisdom. Um, he was learned. Um, and then just to have um, the responsibility to appoint the magistrates and judges. And you just see God just bringing all this back together again for the nation. Well, of, you know. It's really expansive. It's not, yeah. you know, just a, you know, just a temple in the middle of a district yeah. in which, you know, you, you have jurisdiction over, you know, the temple that's, you know, 60 cubics wide and 60 cubics mm-hmm. tall. It's actually, you know, giving them authority over the entire region, mm-hmm. uh, telling the governors that are set up over the region to, to back off and not only to back off, but to provide anything they need and for them to set up you know their own governance mm-hmm. in accordance you know with with the law of the lord so it's creating you know this beautiful space in the midst of this vast you know persian empire for god's people 
to enjoy his presence and be his people and, you know, to honor him. So, you know, you, you have echoes almost of Eden. You know, it's one spot yeah. in the middle of the world from which, you know, God's presence, you know, God rules and reigns in his presence with his people. And from there, the blessings will flow, you know, through the, the rest of the earth. If only the story were that smooth. <laughs> yeah. but, but you see yeah. God, you know, establishing his purposes, establishing mm-hmm. his people, establishing yeah. his place for the sake uh, of uh, the nations around them. Mm-hmm. That's one of the, the things I, that I love is, um, I think it was in like chapter, was it chapter four? You, you kind of have this hint that it's the God who, who kind of dwells in Jerusalem. You know, that's like mm-hmm. the location that God dwells. And yet here it is, even as they're rebuilding the temple in the place where God dwells, God continues to move, you know, mm-hmm. apart from just being, you know, reserved to Jerusalem and, and just that, I mean, we're watching not only is God moving the hearts of his people, supplying, you know, men, a man like Ezra who can teach the word of the Lord, but you also see him moving the king's heart. And then when the king, another king comes along, he moves that king's heart and, you know, moves officials. And you're just watching all of this. I mean, as the Lord is directing history, you know, people um, to, to bring about his purposes. I, I just, I love seeing one, how they're interpreting some of these events, you know, and, and even almost like this little inclusio where you get, for the gracious hand of his God was on him. You know, that's kind of how it begins, and it tells mm-hmm. us a little bit about Ezra, and then you get the letter that he received, and it says, Praise be to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, who put into the king's heart to bring honor to the house of the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, it says, because the Lord's hand was on me. Yeah. yeah and, and so because the Lord's hand was on Ezra, yeah, you see him moving all of these yeah. things. And, and of course, Artaxerxes thinks of this God of heaven as a very local God who has a very local influence, and yet yeah. he, is, he is the God who has moved in the heart mm-hmm. of Artaxerxes yeah. to open yeah. the generosity in order you know, for his purposes. And, and we see just you know, the power of God as, as a God who is sovereign uh, over history and over mm-hmm. you know, the minds of kings and mm-hmm. uh, is moving all of, you know, all of history you know, toward his, his good purposes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we, we see it in this instance. Sometimes we don't see it in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, we feel like, you know, God has abandoned us. But God is, again, you know, the, the, this is the heart of the promise. We, we bring up time and time again. He's causing all things to work together for the good of those who love him mm-hmm. and, and are called according to his purposes for his glory, for our joy, and for the benefit of those around us mm-hmm. as they see his hand at work in us. Yeah. And I think we all have the you know the tendency, and we've seen all throughout the scripture, but to put our confidence in ourselves and in what we can do. But as you see this story unfold, especially this kind of reemergence back to building the temple, we've seen that as Matt mentioned, God keeps changing kings' hearts, and they're just giving up all of their money to the people, and you know, and so like the confidence is in, in the Lord, and that's what even Ezra saying like, yeah, His hands on me, so I took courage, like. He doesn't have this confidence that I can do this and I'm going to accomplish this for the Lord, but he can only do it because the Lord's with him. And that's where his courage and that's where his confidence is found. And just a good reminder for us as well that when we so often look to ourselves and have a lot of confidence in ourselves, our confidence shouldn't be so much in ourselves, but in the Lord who Mm -hmm. is at work. And that should give us the courage we need to to go forward. And and not only that, um, God's servants got to be tax-free. 
in, in the land where they, you know, where they were tenant. And, and of course, David, I, I don't think Artaxerxes <laughs> emptied all of his wealth. No, no, <laughs> and, 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 he gives it away. Like, yeah, I, I think he had a lot of, lot of, lot of gold hanging around mm-hmm. on that. But you know, just what a perfect picture of discipleship. You know, that verse ten, which we, you know, we, which we've already talked about. You know, Paul would later say to Timothy, the things you've heard. For me, in the presence of you know many witnesses, and trust also to reliable men who, in turn, will teach others. And, and you hear the same, you know, the same thing. What a you know hallmark verse for any of us who want to use, be used by God in our generation. Uh, for Ezra devoted himself to the study and observance of the law of the Lord and to teaching its decrees and laws in Israel. He intimately knew the Word of God. He faithfully lived out the precepts of the word of god mm-hmm. and of course he passed on the wisdom of god to those around him and that's mm-hmm. just a hallmark verse for anybody you know who's in, engaged in, in ministry mm-hmm. father we thank you that the gracious hand of our lord is on us uh, we thank you that you are moving uh, all things for your purposes and for your glory and, and for our joy and father we thank you that, that even when we do not see your hand uh, we know with confidence mm-hmm. that you are a God who is a sovereign God over everything that you've created. And we celebrate your power, your glory, your majesty, your might, and your deep love for those you have called your own. Mm-hmm. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.